Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. start with, I, I don't know, this is probably one of my favorite, from one of the many favorite bits in the scripture. <laughs> you know the, the bit where Elijah takes on the Baal prophets on Mount Carmel, right? We, many of us know that account. So, I don't know, maybe there's something in us that wants to show them, you know, that's the, that thing in us that wants, to, but it doesn't, this kind of thing doesn't happen a lot in scripture, but it's, it, what happens is um, I'll read a bit of the context just in a moment, but, you know, Elijah challenges the Baal prophets. In that time, there was a massive, at, uh, you know, idol worship. Um, the king, the queen, everybody was just worshipping Baal and various other idols as well. And uh, crazy time in the, in the nation of Israel. And um, <clears throat> so... Elijah comes and he says, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're all going to go on the mountain, and we're going to have two altars, uh, one which, he, which was an old altar to the Lord, which was kind of falling apart, which he restored. <coughs> Excuse me. And the other one was then the, the Baal prophets had to do this altar for Baal, and they had to bring a sacrifice. And they, and they agreed before, listen, so what we're going to do is you're going to do your thing with Baal, and then, and I'm going to pray, and then whoever answers with fire to consume the offering, that's the true God. Fair enough? And they were like, yes, fair enough, sure, let's do this. And they have this massive showdown, and, and the, you know, he says, okay, you, go, you guys go first, and they do their thing, and they have the altar there, and they make everything ready, and the wood is nice and dry, and all the conditions are right, and just need a spark, you know, and then this thing would burn, and nothing happens. They cry out, and they do their thing there before Baal, and they cut themselves, and they just, it's really demonic, really bad, and absolutely nothing happens, all right? And then Elijah says, okay, my turn now, and then he does the thing, and he makes sure the altar is ready, but then what he does, he digs a trench around the altar, and when the, and he, they, he asked them to bring water, and they drench it completely. Like these huge um, vessels of water until the trench, until it's so wet that the trench around it is filled with water as well. Now, maybe you were brying yesterday afternoon, and you might have experienced something like that, with that kind of water coming down in such a short time. Because have you tried that before, making a, a fire in a braai in such wet conditions? It just doesn't work. You, know, you might have to use a f couple of packs of fire lighters and you still won't have a fire. So then he calls to the Lord and the Lord answers and the fire comes from heaven and consumes not only the, the animal, the ox that was being sacrificed, but 
the whole altar, this, the stones, the rocks, the, the water in the trench, everything was gone, consumed in, a, in an instant. And immediately the people, obviously now there's a huge gathering of people witnessing this showdown, the, the, you know, the, you know, representing the nation, and they fall flat on their face. Um, so this, this is, thanks Christoph, my gof. And they are, but so, but my question is, where does this Elijah guy come from to do something like this? <clears throat> what happens before this? And I want us just to read a bit about that and see where this all started and what's, what happened before. <clears throat> okay, are you with me? Right, so this is, this is a hectic time. Um, I'm just going to read you 1 Kings 16 from 29. We see the little, little bit of the context here. In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, began to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, more than all who were before him. It's not a good start. Right? This is like... Not good for the CV. <laughs> he did evil more than all who were before them. Unprecedented. And as if, as if it had, had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he erected an altar of Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. And Ahab made an... Um, Made it an Asherah. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. I don't know about you, but this is not something you want <laughs> to be written about. So he did more evil than all before him, and he did more to provoke the Lord <clears throat> to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. This is the context of the life of Elijah, okay? And this is not what my sermon is about, <clears throat> but I am so amazed that in this worst of the worst times, it was worse than ever before, okay? So it's unprecedented evil. It hasn't been like this before. And I believe the Lord still does this today. This today. In the time, like, we think it can't get worse than this. What does God do? He raises up. Elijah's. Amen. People that can take on the enemy in the face, take him on, you know, take on the forces of darkness and evil in only what, in amazing ways that we see in Elijah's life. And I just, this is maybe a side note, but I feel that God wants us to trust him for that. That in unprecedented times where things look like maybe we feel like it's worse than ever before. We know that he's raising up Elijah's. Amen? And even us as a congregation, that, that we can trust him to, in, in the worst of worst times, in some ways, that his light will shine. Amen? I, had a, I was, um, okay, I mustn't get distracted now. Don't worry. It's bad times out there. Okay, so, um, hallelujah. God raises up Elijah's. Let's look uh, the next bit here. And 
and before this, this is just a verse or two on. Before, the, we don't hear a lot about this guy, okay? And he says, Elijah, now Elijah the Tishmite, this is First Kings 17, um, from the Gilead settlers said to Ahab, as the Lord of God, as Lord, the Lord God of Israel lives, in whose presence I stand, there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. Then the word of the Lord came to him, leave here, turn eastward, and hide at the wadi Cherith, where it enters the Jordan. You are to drink from the wadi. I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So this is the... This is almost the first mention of Elijah. He comes to the king, and straight off the bat, he brings this hectic word. He says, no rain. Sorry, rain's finished for now. <laughs> no, no even, no dew. How's that? That's, that's a natural, that's a, a suspension of the natural order. There's no dew going to be um, in, these, in these years, except by my command. But can you see, right here we get a clue where this man is operating from. Where does he get this boldness and authority? Where, where does he come from? He says here, he says, As the Lord God of Israel lives, in whose presence I stand. Here we get the clue. This is where Elijah comes from. He's not coming from a seminary. Okay? He's not coming from a place where he studied lots of scriptures and books only. He's coming from the presence of God. And now he, he, he comes with this authority and this power and this conviction and he speaks what God has told him to speak and he comes to the king. And, and then, um, now this is now, I think the, the drought was three years or so. Um, but then this next chapter we see again Elijah coming to Ahab, First um, Kings 18. The first verse there says, that After a long time, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. Third year, Go and present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the surface of the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. And then in verse 15, now is, um, Elijah wanting to see, he's all making an appointment with Ahab. So he's, Elijah said, As the Lord of armies lives in whose presence I stand. Today I will present myself to Ahab. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is that you, the, the one ruining Israel? He replied, I have not ruined Israel, but you and your father's family have, because you have abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the bowls. Now summon all Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Um, so the Lord gives him the word that rain is coming. And then again he, he goes to Ahab. And this is again the way he introduces himself. And he says, this is the, the message I have. And he says... Um, As the Lord of armies lives, in whose presence I stand, today I will present myself to Ahab. And again, he, he, he makes reference to this. And it's as if he points out to them, I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> I'm not. And this is where, in the name, 
whose name I come. I'm not, I'm not here on my own authority. I'm not here because I ever had a great idea. I'm here because I'm coming from the presence of God. I mean, and he, and then he, then he actually, he, he, you know, he, 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 he kind of invites the prophets to come the, of the of, of Baal and Asherah to go and meet him on Mount Carmel, and then the whole thing goes down. Um, but interestingly, uh, go and read the rest of the chapter because after that showdown, after the Lord comes in such absolute power, and after the prophets of the uh, the Baal prophets and the other prophets were all dealt with, then he goes and intercedes for rain. You please go read that. It's so powerful. Because the rain, the promise, the word was there from God, but it, the rain was not yet coming. So he had to go and pray the, words, the Lord's word into being. Okay? Um, so I want us to just have a, a bit of, just a few things around this place of living from his presence. And the time is almost up. So I'm going to just briefly go through a bunch of these. Um, it's not new things, but I just wanted to encourage us here at the end of the year to, to, to set time aside, even as we pray about next year, even as you put your schedule together, even as you plan, set time aside um, specifically to, to meet with Him. Amen. Firstly, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Psalm 1611 um, says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And this is a, another chat I've had with my children. What's the difference between happiness and joy? There's a, there's a distinct different difference. We can have joy in the midst of the worst of circumstances. Happiness is not like that. You know, it's like happiness is something that, uh, it's so different. Happiness seems to be fleeting and something that is great, but it's not, it doesn't have the same substance as joy. I mean, and it's clear when we look at Scripture that God is not so much concerned about our happiness. He's concerned about many other things around us, and He wants us to be full of joy. Amen. But joy can be present in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of something where we are not happy, but we can be full of joy. Amen? Uh, we see this when we look at the apostles being persecuted and in prison and still are able to praise, still are able to give thanks. So in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, there's still joy. Are you with me? But in His presence is where we find fullness of joy. I feel there's such a, we say living in a world where there's such an assignment to, to take away joy. There's an assignment to distract us with a bunch of stuff and take away joy. Um, even, you know, so much around social media holds up something that is so fake and everybody thinks, oh, but... I don't have that <laughs> all the time. And it just, and the, what's that quote of a famous person that the com, a com, comparison is the thief of joy? That's often where it starts, you know, when you're comparing yourself and you're thinking of my situation versus that situation. You look at social media and everything, everybody posts the good stuff on social media, right? Not, not the bad stuff. 
I have a friend who sometimes posts the difficult things I suppose, you know. He once, he, on the way back from Pastor Summit, he posted a photo of his children in the car, and they're both screaming. You can see they're screaming their lungs out, and they're just going ballistic, and he just says, just a real, this is just real, this is us now, and we've been very spiritual this week, but now it's real, yeah, in the car, you know, it's just, but we don't post that normally on social media. But there's fullness of joy in his presence. Um, there's something in his presence that we, we cannot find anywhere else. Right. Times of refreshing. Acts chapter 3, 19 and 20. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come where? From the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Repent and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times, why do we do that? That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I see a few things here. Um, and it's, you know, often we have this negative, this negative connotation with repentance and confession, you know. It talks about confessing our sins one to another. It feels like, oh, it's so difficult and so hard. And it is because it's humbling, right? Ah, that's often the, the challenge there with we have to put the pride down and humble ourselves and confess. And then when the repentance comes, times of refreshing can come in the presence of the Lord. And it's crazy because it's, it's in those times when we need confession and repentance where we need, we often, the enemy tries to convince us to, to run away from the presence of God, right? And then we feel alone. We feel, God, where's the Lord? Where's the, why is it so difficult? Um, but actually what we need is when we turn back, that is when the times of refreshing can come in His presence. Amen? And just something that I've been really challenged with recently, and I realize that, that in the way we speak, we may have gotten this wrong a little bit. When we speak about repentance, we, we have this way of speaking, I'm including myself, of saying, I went to repent towards my wife, or I, I repented to my friend. Or Do you, do you agree we'd say that? And, I, and I, uh, Heinrich challenged us the other day that that's re actually not 100% accurate. We can confess. It's important to do that. So if I confess to Anna, I say, I'm really sorry. Um, I missed. That's not too bad. What's Missed, missed your birthday, that's like, geez, no, that's hectic. Or I missed some anniversary or something. Oh, no, that's also quite hectic. But uh, if I, you know what happened the other day? Hectic. Maybe I should just confess here in front of the congregation. I was, got stuck. It wasn't even a hectic meeting, but I, I was having a meeting with Philip. I lost track of the time, and I forgot the kids. I think Erna's almost at the point of forgiving me. But no, but um, so I too say I'm really sorry. So that's, that's the confession. But I didn't forget them like, but I was very late. And then when Erna phoned me, okay, now I did forget because she had to, she had to remind me. 
I was very late, but they were safe. Don't stress, they were safe, and they, it's not a, it's, it wasn't that bad, but anyway, it was hectic. So I had to say sorry. So that's obviously apologizing and confession and remorse. Remorse is important, showing that. But that's not repentance. Repentance is when I say to Anna, I hope it's never going to happen again. It's not going to happen again. Uh, And then what I do next time is I can't forget. I have to put a reminder or something. But my action has to change. And once my action has changed, this is maybe not the best example, but something maybe that happens a lot, say anger outbursts or... Once my action have changed, then I have repented. Does it make sense? Because repentance means a change, a transformation, a metanoia, metamorphosis has happened. So one, just confession isn't, isn't repentance. <laughs> Good one. Put the reminder on there. Um, so yes, we confess and repent and we have show remorse, but then that doesn't mean we have repented. Only when our, our action has changed, then we have repented. Amen. This is, this is important. So, um, the, and then I actually want to read another scripture about that. Uh, Matthew 3, 4 to 8. Now, John wore a garment of camel's hair, John the Baptist, okay? And a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Very healthy guy. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Confessing. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood, brood of sorry, this is a block here. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And then he says to them, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So the repentance becomes visible when the fruit is visible. Okay, this is a just um, something I'm amazed with at the moment. So just uh, keep that in mind. Um, but often it's when we don't repent, and we even we don't confess, we don't repent, that's when we struggle to get into the presence of God. So when repentance happens um, and we turn back to God, whether whatever that the case was, times of refreshing can come in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? It makes me want to repent a lot and wants me want to confess a lot and just come back and just deal with stuff because of that time of refreshing. That's what we need. Amen? Awesome. Um, okay. Then one or two other things that I want to, don't want to spend too much time on. Protection, we know that. Uh, in his presence, Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And that's such a blessing. I mean, there's so many things to be afraid of out there, especially if you have children. It's one of the most important things to learn when you have kids. I cannot be there all the time. It's just scary. So there's a place where we trust God. Amen. He dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then peace in His presence. Exodus 33, verse 14. My presence 
will go with you, and I will give you rest. His peace, His presence, His rest that is with us. And then uh, also just the leading and the guidance and the direction we receive in His presence, Psalm 73, 23 and 24. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. And I get the impression that this is what Elijah's life was about. He, the reason why he was able to speak with such confidence and conviction, the reason why he was able to go before the king, the reason why he was able to take on Jezebel, who was trying to kill him, was because he was up. And the, look, he had his wobbles, his speed wobbles, okay? So just don't feel, if you feel sometimes discouraged, go and read some of the rest of Elijah. He was hiding away under a bush just after this massive showdown. I don't, you know, so sometimes, you know, emotions do go like that. But he comes from the presence of God. He comes with conviction. He comes with this authority because he's been in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I found, um, you know, even, even when, we, when I go into a meeting or when I go into a difficult situation or when I'm driving to a place and I'm going to have a meeting, when I just pray through it and I ask the Lord to speak a word of life into the situation, it just changes the whole dynamic of the meeting. It changes the dynamic of my heart first, right? And uh, even sometimes when I have to make a phone call, trying to make this more of a habit, just even just 10 seconds of, Lord, just be in this moment, you know, just changes the phone call, especially if they phone the bank or something, you know, challenging situation. <laughs> Some more confessions that I have to do around that. But okay. Sometimes the, the patience is uh, thin. But, but just that moment, Lord, you know, be in this moment, be in this phone call, be in this meeting, transforms it. Um, because, you know, we are aware, of, we are aware that God says he's never, he will never leave us nor forsake us. We know that, right? So the, the reality, the practical reality is he's always with us. But do we live like that? That's the question. Do we live like, are we acknowledging His presence in every situation? Are we engaging with His presence in every situation? And that is a different story. Okay. We know some of it that didn't make it to the slides. Um, you know, Matthew eleven twenty eight talks, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. That happens in His presence. Psalm 97 verse 5 talks about mountains that melt like wax before Him. <laughs> this, the mountains that we face, the difficulties, the hectic things, in His presence, we, we, our perspective changes. Amen? We're able to see things for what they are. We're able to overcome. We receive grace. We receive empowerment of His Spirit. We receive encouragement. Amen? Okay, just three things quickly. How do we practice this? Um, be still. <laughs> Amen. Be still and know that I am God. This is so difficult for us, guys. 
other day we were, I was in a meeting with a couple of church leaders with Francis Chan. I didn't know that was going to happen. I was very surprised. But there we was, and I walked into the room. There we was. It was he's a well-known preacher from America. In any case, um, and he told us a story where he said he's going to try and run. He's not a big runner, but he's going to run, and he's going to pray the Lord's Prayer through without being distracted. And if he gets distracted, he's going to start again. And then once he's been able to pray through, he's going to turn around and go back. Apparently, he ran 12 miles. Something like that. Was it 12? Four? Ridiculous. Before him, he says it's very far. So he, but the point he was making is it was so difficult for him just to pray the Lord's Prayer, completely focused with no distraction, once. And I think I can, I, most of us can relate because there's so much going on in our heads that even when we are praying, even when we are engaging with the Lord, there's stuff going on. <laughs> Never mind when we have devices and things that they don't really help, do they? So being still and putting stuff off and sw- you know, switching stuff off, getting into a space where we are completely devoted to Him and hearing Him is such a crucial ingredient which is so difficult for us. But it's worth practicing. Amen? Hallelujah. So get rid of the distraction, especially maybe if you ever break this holiday, take some time out. Don't switch off the baby. Okay, the baby will be there in the background. But, but um, you don't. No. Um, but... Take time out. Put the the devices away and spend time that you were able to hear Him. And that's the second part. Talk to God about everything. This is such a great habit. Sometimes we we go out of, we kind of fall out of this habit. But talking to God about everything really makes, it practices, we practice His presence because He's there with us. I mean, so if I'm walking down to have lunch and I'm talking to God about the weather or the stuff that I've just done this morning or whatever, it just puts us in a space where we're continually aware that He's with us. Amen? And that it changes the way we approach every situation. The other day I was chatting to the guy over across the street at the mechanic's place. Um, he's helped us with some of our cars and the quantum and stuff. And we are not, a, and I went, um, I said to him, listen, I just feel I, I want to pray for you and your business. And, you know, is there anything we can pray about? And he was so grateful. We went back into his office there, the, the owner guy. And we could commit stuff to the Lord. And he could just share some stuff. It was really difficult. And it was so awesome because in a, in a space where it's like a work environment, but it's now suddenly presence of the Lord was there. Amen. And we could pray and we can commit things to the Lord. I could see he was touched and you can see he was experiencing God's presence because God was speaking into his situation. Amen. Similarly, the other night, I told you about the other day when Abby and I were on the plane and I said to Abby, let's pray for the person sitting next to us. You know, they can't go anywhere. It's two hours. Yeah. What can you do? And uh, you know, but very easily we could have just done something and whatever, just had a normal flight. But 
now we were engaging with the presence of God on the airplane. And suddenly the Lord was ministering to the lady next to us and the one across the aisle. Can you see that it could have just been a boring flight, but now the kingdom was coming there because we were engaging with the presence of God. Not like he's ever left, but we weren't engaging. Amen? Are we living from that place of his presence? The other day I was sitting with Zayn uh, and having lunch, and Zayn and his brand new wife, Rebecca, amazing people. And yeah, just as we were asking for the bill, the Lord showed me that we should pray for the guy that was serving us, that his daughter was having difficulties in her studies, and there was challenges around that. And he was so touched. I said, listen, I don't want to get you in trouble, but do you have two minutes to pray? And he said, yes, please. And we prayed for him, and the Lord touched him. And afterwards he said, oh, I haven't been to church in so long. You know, obviously the conviction struck, you know, and we encouraged him. But it could have just been another lunch. But then we chose to engage with the presence of God right there. So that being still and being sensitive to what he's saying, talking to him about everything, and not only talking to God about everything, but very importantly, listening about everything. Amen? Because that's one thing to vent and just tell stuff, God, which is very good, please do that. But then also say, okay, Lord, what have you got to say about this situation? What would please you in this situation? Not how close can I get to sinning, don't walk on the, on the edge. <laughs> Rather, don't ask that question. Rather say, Lord, what will please you in this situation? Amen. Okay. Okay, there's a whole bunch of other things. But I think we've covered the important ones. Um, and then, uh, just lastly, developing a habit of praise. That's just, it just opens the door. To the presence of God. That's, but I mean, the scripture says we enter His courts with thanksgiving and, and with praise. Um, into His presence with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. And that is real and true for every situation. Giving praise, giving thanks just brings us right there into His presence. Amen. I mean, let's stand this morning. I just want us to pray for you for a few things. <clears throat> Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to, I just feel like there's some of us here that have, maybe it's just the end of the year and you're tired, but it's as if you drained and maybe anxious and I felt somebody has to make big decisions, um, feeling unsure about a lot of things. And I just felt this is such, there's such a grace this morning for us to invite the presence of God into that situation. Amen. Um, and then also, if, if you feel you have been distracted, maybe you, you feel, well, I've, I haven't been very still, or I haven't been listening. <laughs> 
Maybe your workplace is very challenging. Maybe your work environment is very ungodly. Maybe you're like in a Daniel type of situation. Maybe you're the chief of the soothsayers or something. But maybe there's just grace for you to invite and just engage the presence of God in that place. I mean, I started a prayer group at our school where our kids are, is it four or five, five, five years ago? And you know what I found? Because I pray there with other believers mostly, sometimes I was alone, but now there's mostly a group. Because we pray there once a week for five years now, there's, there's a grace when I engage with people. It feels there's more openness. There's more opportunities. There's more. It's just like when I engage with people in ministry, you know, when I minister to something, there's just stuff opens. I get invited to to open, do the openings there regularly. I get invited to minister. Um, even the, even on the on the governing board, there's opportunities there to engage with the presence of God in the school. Amen? And now suddenly the community is being impacted because there's a few believers praying and the presence of God is changing what's happening there. Are you with me? So I just, let's just take a moment. You know your situation. You know your challenge. You know maybe what the Holy Spirit has convicted you of right now. I just want to give you a moment to just respond to God where you are. And then I'm going to pray for us. And then we oh. I'll take it from there. Thanks. Hallelujah. Father, you see every heart and you hear. You know where we are at. Lord, we repent. We will confess. <laughs> we rather we confess, Lord, that we often do not engage with your presence. Jesus, you've paid such a high price. You've paid a high price, Lord, for us to know your presence. And often we choose just to be busy. We just choose to run on. But this morning, in our hearts before you. I pray, Lord, that you put in us a hunger and a thirst for you, Lord. A boldness to live, to walk in the light and a desire to know your presence in every situation, God. In Jesus' name. Soften our hearts where we've become hard of heart, Lord. Give us a desire and an expectation, Lord, that when we engage with you, whatever the situation is, that your kingdom would come there, Lord. That it won't be just okay, it won't be just surviving, Lord, but that your glory would manifest in every place that you put us, Lord. That your glory would manifest, that your kingdom would come. In every place you put us, just like Elijah, you maybe you've put us in the worst of the worst places. Thank you, Jesus, that we can come from your presence. 
that we can speak with boldness, that you send us from your presence with authority and conviction and the power of your spirit, the same power that rose Christ from the dead. Thank you, Jesus, that you do not leave us orphans, but you send us in power and in glory. This morning we say yes to that again in Jesus' name. We say yes, Lord. Also for our children and for our communities, we say yes, Lord. Wherever we go, may we live from your presence so that your glory may manifest there, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Just where you're standing, if you just need to respond to God, just raise your hands. I'm not going to call you forward. Just raise your hands. Say, Lord, here I am. I need your presence more than ever. I'm hungry for you. Not only in my prayer closet at home, but in every situation. Wherever I put my feet, let your kingdom come. Wherever you take me, wherever you send me this in my work or my study or in my recreation, Lord, wherever I go, Lord, I want to know you, Lord. I want to know your will. I want to see your kingdom come, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I just, uh, if you, if you feel you need to just remain here for a moment and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, please do that. And especially if you're struggling with anxiety or if you're unsure about what's lying ahead, I just feel the Lord wants to minister to you. So please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. And very specifically, if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, Maybe what I've been saying about His presence and His Word and listening to His voice is foreign because you don't know Him like that. I, I feel that He's inviting you this morning to know Him. He's paid the price. He's paid for our sin. He's removed everything so that if we respond to Him and we receive that gift of salvation, we're able to know Him like that. Amen. If that's you this morning, please be bold and come to the front. It will be my privilege to pray with you. And if you have any other prayer need, please take time to come to the front. Amen. We would love to pray with you. If you need to go, please do that. God bless. Please remember no service this evening. But if you can just remain and just enjoy His presence, just do that as well. listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org 
browse our website www.shofaronline.org or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.